Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. So, speaking of all the cards on the table, and speaking of having to kind of maybe have a poker face, Joel Embiid tweeted while you were gone. I'm sure you saw. I can't imagine you didn't get this. Uh, this news, Joel Embiid tweeted, I believe it was LOL, and then they finally got it right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know where you were when this happened. Uh, I guess you'd probably be in Vegas because it was Friday night, I believe he uh, he, he tweeted it. Um, for some context, it was during the trade Turner ovation. We're going to get into that uh, in a minute. But I guess my initial question for you would just be like, Vegas aside, where I'm sure you probably uh, – saw the tweet and, you know, had, had a bunch of different thoughts and maybe a little inebriated, but like, what do you think these tweets mean? I mean, is it like, what's the Kyle Newbeck read on the Joel B tweets? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even realize that tweets happened until like a day or two later. Cause okay. I believe they so you're good off while... your phone. Oh, I was fully like immersed with my friends. Nice and I think that actually, so it was nighttime here, obviously probably late afternoon yeah it was probably like five o'clock something like that i think we were on our way home to take a nap before dinner so that so shows you, you how much i happened. was thinking about yeah, yeah it's not i didn't see the whole reaction everybody had to it but and in fact i didn't know the trey turner thing happened until wow you really probably, have been off the grid man you go to probably Vegas, saturday get on that craps table and it's like uh like nothing's happening well that's kind of the whole thing right is you're not allowed to have your phone out at the table for security reasons oh, and, then that be- and then that becomes you're just not thinking to look at your right. phone also but it's also you're in a, a room full of flashing lights and noises and it's designed to make sure that you're staying there as long as possible mm-hmm. so my delayed reaction to it was again i don't have a problem with him poking fun a little bit it's just a, a question of <laughs> do you really think this is the smart thing to do right now, buddy, to like antagonize people a little bit? Because as we've seen, and as I'm sure we'll see when I look at the comments and reply to our stream, right? this is a situation where he and the team are not getting any benefit of the doubt. And everyone mm-hmm. is mad about every single thing they do because nothing's changed. It's the same old team. I saw people today tweeting about, you know, they wish there was a WNBA team so that they could pay attention to a different professional basketball team. Makes sense. In Philadelphia. And so Joel can continue trolling and, you know, weighing in on these things. But I would caution him against saying too much to, you know, get under the skin of Philadelphians right now. So my opinion on it is is multi-layered. Um, my first opinion, as always when he does this, is like, Joel, you are the face of a, like a billion dollar franchise, of a major, major business. You are the face of the franchise. You get paid to be the face of the franchise. Like, stop with just the tweeting, the LOL, and just tweet. Like, th- we shouldn't every time you tweet have to be looking up whether there's a bike race or a tennis race or some soccer match going on. A tennis like, race. I didn't know they raced. Tennis race. Tennis. Yes, my bad. Yes, yes. A tennis match, I should say. It's just like, if you're going to tweet, man, just say what it's about. Like not everybody is tweeting about it. And so what happens is when he does this, especially during the Trey Turner thing, 
it's perceived as if it is involved in the Trey Turner thing. So we should start this by saying, we don't know if this is involved with what was happening with Trey Turner because Joel makes it purposely ambiguous. He makes it so you don't really know what he's talking about. He's done this before and he does it so that if it goes over poorly, he can just explain it away or he can just never explain it at all. So it's annoying when he does this, when he does the like, LOL and no one knows what he's talking about. We all have to guess. And then if you think it's something negative, you're being a hater. Like it's just, it's not fun anymore, Joel. And you know what? Maybe it's not fair that you can't just tweet ambiguous things. Like everyone should be able to tweet what they want. I get it. But if you if you're gonna be the face of the franchise at this time in this period with this team, you I just think he has to be a little more responsible with how he tweets. Like the the vague stuff, man. I just he really has to get past it. Well. He's not going to. So All right. well, there, there I think you're 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 asking for something that simply isn't going to happen, I think is the So so then there there's the second part of it. If he's going to tweet ambiguous things and if he's going to like whatever, then people are gonna correlate it to what they want. If you're not gonna be clear what you're talking about, people are gonna correlate it to what they want. And the timing of it during the Trey Turner thing made it seem like he was he was either laughing at the Trey Turner thing in terms of saying, this is so dumb, I can't believe you guys are doing this. He was either laughing that Turner got out, being like, you gave the standing ovation, you didn't, you know, he didn't even hit a home run. Or it was a sarcastic LOL, like, why don't you treat me like this? Is that like a fair interpretation of what the LOL could have meant? Sure. And I think if you're looking at it through the lens or through the perspective of Joel Embiid, Think about his level of production versus Trey Turner. Yeah. And the lack of grace that I think Joel has gotten for admittedly a higher profile, higher impact failure and repeated failures is I I think the important thing here, right? In the playoffs. And we can sit here and point to the injury history and how that it's impacted his play and production in the playoffs. But like ultimately people see, you consistently have not gotten results when the lights have been the brightest and Mm -hmm. they're pissed. They're frustrated. Whereas Trey Turner has a history of production and his failures right now are just, well, this guy has stunk it up and has lost confidence in the regular season. And they look at it. I think the fans anyway, as we need to help this guy get his confidence back. Like this is not, a lost cause and he's had this track record that is very good. It's the reason he signed this monster contract that he signed in the off season. And if we get behind him now, then maybe that pays off down the road and maybe that pulls him out of this funk and so on and so forth. And I think that's a, look, that's a commendable approach to take. But I think if you're Joel Embiid, you say, I just want a fucking MVP Mm-hmm. And I've been runner up for multiple years and I've been an all-star all NBA guy for your team, not for other teams. But when I fall down and I fail, there's no sense of grace for him. It's a lot of piling on and you're the problem and you've been the guy here the whole time. And so I get that. I get how he feels. I don't think that the fans care how he feels in that respect, but I can understand if that's what he's getting at. That's an emotion that I think I would feel. Personally. Yeah. So uh, one of the other things that's come off the Trey Turner thing since then is like, well, why not give one to Aaron Nola? Like Aaron Nola struggled. Why not give him a standing ovation? And although Embiid is obviously way better at his job than Aaron Nola is, 
I think there are some parallels between Embiid and Nola in the way that they've both been here a long time. They're both viewed as not being good in big games. Fair not. I think Embiid is better in big games than Nola is. But I also think also just athletes. straight up better than Aaron. Yeah, Nola just straight up better. Their exactly. respective like, sports. Exactly. A hundred percent. Embiid is way better at basketball than Nola is at pitching. But I think that the comparison to me is there is a frustration with both of them that is built up over time. People are frustrated with Nola for age is not being as good, but like bad starts in big spots, all that stuff. People are frustrated with Embiid because although everyone acknowledges is he is he is really good. They've not been out of the second round, perceived lack of success in certain playoff rounds from him specifically. So there's a built-up frustration. What I think is interesting about the standing ovation for Trey Turner is I think it's directly tied to the fact that he is new. I think they're doing it because it's a new deal. They want to show support. He's perceived as trying, which we can get into in a second. And so it's like, hey, man, like you're new to the town. We're going to show you support. What I would ask you and maybe like rhetorically ask is, shouldn't that be saved for people that you have a longer relationship with? Like Embiid and Nola have been here for a really long time. They have Nola pitched in the World Series. Embiid won MVP here. He helped take this team. I mean, he was one of the reasons the process started, but also he took this team out of the process to being a perennial contender. So it's just interesting to me that while I was supportive of the Trey Turner ovation, I think it made sense. I think it's me personally, like I'm very bad at being mean to people. So I'm always much more of like the standing ovation type. But it is interesting how Trey Turner gets it, but like Aaron Nola and Joel Embiid don't. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And look, I, I think this is something to keep in mind down the road for there are all these people who are saying Tyrese Maxey's untouchable. We, they can't trade him for Damian Lillard or Giannis mm-hmm. or whoever else. And then he signs a big money extension next offseason then the burden of expectations is on him. He's no longer, oh, young guy on a rookie deal. This is fourth, fifth-year player on a big contract who needs to produce. And then all of a sudden, he misses a shot or doesn't make a play in a big game or his defense is holding them back in some way. And the conversation starts to change. Like He will have earned lots of grace with his play and his personality, his work Mm. ethic, all that stuff. But eventually... Everybody reaches a point in this, the athlete cycle that unless they win a title or unless they are perceived to be overachieving or, or hitting their exact ceiling and, and nothing less, then people are going to get mad eventually. And eventually the grace runs out. You're not going to get the, as we're referring to it as the Trey Turner treatment <laughs> for forever. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think your point about like, just the grace runs out. Joel has been here long enough where he's not going to get standing ovations. And he's not like the, at this point, it's just pure frustration. I mean, you look at Bryce, like Bryce Harper, since he's been here, Bryce has had, you know, one good year. Then there was the COVID year wins MVP, but really up until last, like two weeks before the season or two days before the season, he hadn't been to the playoffs. And I think you could, you know, argue back and forth. Like, is it a success? Has it not been a success? But he received very little criticism compared to Joel Embiid. I do think there is part of Joel, and the tweet shows this, that feels he has been treated unfairly by Philadelphia. But I'm also not sure that's true. Like, Joel has gotten a ton of support from Sixers fans. Um, You know, I think everybody had his side over Ben Simmons. Uh, Brett Brown's been fired. Ben's been traded. Doc's been fired. Uh, Hinky was forced out. Like, Colangelo... Joel has been here through all of this. And so I think he, while he is, he has gotten support. I don't, 
I don't agree with him that he's been treated unfairly by Philly fans. Like maybe right now they're super mad at him because of what happened, but I don't think that he deserves to take like a lap of, Oh, so you treat Trey Turner better than me. Yeah. Well, especially because if you go back, this is like the first time I think he has felt the weight of their playoff failures. It's always been somebody or something else, right? It's Brett Brown. He can't coach. It's his fault that they can't beat this team. In 2019, well, as soon as Joel came off the floor, their backup center, is they're bleeding points. They didn't have a good enough roster. They're not deep enough. Then Ben Simmons is hurt. It's still Brett Brown. He's at fault. They fire Brett Brown. Then it's Ben Simmons' colossal meltdown in the Hawks series. Then the year after that, it's, well, Joel was hurt, and James just got here, and this is the and look. You can make the excuses again. You can say he's hurt. You can say this. You can say that. But I think at this point, the fans are just sick of having to come up with an excuse or an explanation for why this guy can't get it done. And mm-hmm. look, I think that's that's fair to a certain extent, right? I think people were patient, or not everybody, but there are a lot of people who were patient with the whole rebuilding process in the first place, right? And there were plenty of critics including at WIP and including, you know, places that I've written and worked in the last 10 years or so that were not sympathetic. They said, this is a stupid plan and a stupid idea. And this guy's a bozo and this isn't going to work and blah, 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 blah. And they got a lot of patience from other people, a lot of younger people, a lot of people like you and I who grew up around the same time and said, yeah, you know, this team has been horrible or mediocre for or irrelevant. Most, try the worst right, word to say. Yeah. <laughs> most of our lives. So you might as well take a chance on doing something different. And now these people are justifiably saying, we afforded you plenty of time to sort this out. They've gone through multiple coaches, they've gone through many configurations mm-hmm. in the front office, which, look, is not the fault of Joel Embiid that they went from. Hinky to Colangelo to Elton to now Daryl to Brett that yeah, Brett. you know yeah Brett and a little bit of a shadow front office yeah. within there so yes that's not Joel's fault that all of that happens but I understand why the fans are there they say you guys need to get this right like there's no more excuses for this the process is now literally ten years ago it started. 2013 we are a decade removed from it and they have still not gotten past game seven of the second round yeah i mean i think it's interesting with joel where you can sit here and very rationally make an argument as to why he is not to blame for all this but then he is like the face of it and i understand the emotional part from fans both like the hardcore fans that maybe can rationally explain it but also have frustration But I think amongst the casual fans, it's very easy to take it out on him. And he doesn't help himself with things like this. And I think another difference between like, there's been a lot of Ben Simmons talk this week too, which I'm sure you were mad you were in Vegas for, but a lot of uh, Ben Simmons talk with like, I didn't even, I have not been aware of any Ben Simmons talk. So that makes you very happy that I missed all of it. Yeah. You missed out on that. Like, uh, you know, saying, you know, we showed Ben support at first with the jump shot. And I do think, Ben got a lot of support from Sixers fans initially. I think that last year it certainly turned ugly. Then he requests a trade. At that point, he's a net. So we don't know how Sixers fans. I might mean, have even within him. that Hawks series in Game Seven, people are like encouraging him. Yes, 
at the free throw line. I, I think, and that to me is what I would say to Joel. It's like, you've seen this exact fan base, not the Philadelphia fan base, the Sixers fan base, mm-hmm. step up in a moment that is similar to the Trey Turner thing, right? I think you could also go back to Markel Fultz and what he went through, where he's clearly fighting both physical and mental issues that are impacting his play on the floor. And the fan base rallied around him to the point that not only did they applaud him for just being like a basketball player, not even a good one, just being on the floor. They also came at us as media members for trying to dig more into, you know, what's going on with you and not in a malicious way. We're trying to see, you know, Markel, you haven't been, you've been out of sight, out of mind for months at a time. What's going on? And the fans essentially said, we don't even want you to ask him. Don't yep. don't even bring it up. Leave the kid alone. And so I think Joel has seen this is a fan base that will protect guys, that will speak up, will cheer, will circle around them. And I think that's to the credit of Sixers fans and Philadelphia fans generally. And what I don't think maybe has clicked for him is that you are not that guy anymore that can get the sympathy of a rising player, a rising star. You are an MVP, face of the franchise, super max contract player, and fans are going to demand and expect the absolute best out of you every single moment you are on the floor and off the floor as a representative of this team. Well, and and I think that shows, A, the fact he doesn't hasn't fully grasped that maybe in the way he tweets. But the other thing that was said a lot this week, which I, I want to react to, is well, Trey Turner's trying really hard, right? Like Trey Turner is in the batting cage every night till midnight. And Trey Turner's never had his effort questioned. And I think all that's true about Trey Turner. I It seems like he is genuinely going through a really rough stretch, which is why I supported the ovation. I'm sure he's trying really hard. It's probably really hard on him mentally to have this new contract. All those things are true. What I don't like is when people say with Joel, well, Joel doesn't try as hard. Or, you know, Joel like gave up in game seven. And certainly in game seven, I think the the appearance was like a lack of effort. But to say that Joel like hasn't tried throughout his career or that, you know, Trey Turner tries harder than Joel Embiid, I think is, is ludicrous. Like Joel has come back from multiple injuries. And I do think we'll leave James Harden out of this for now. But with Joel... I don't believe the games where he plays poorly is a lack of effort. I think it is a, he gets in his own head and just can't get out of it. And I think that's an important distinction to make from like the perception that he's just sitting on the bench or just like running up and down the court, not trying. I think it's like really hurting him that he's playing poorly. He just doesn't know how to snap out of it. So when it comes to like giving an ovation to someone that's trying really hard, I'm not saying give Joel an, an ovation in game one, that that's not what I'm saying. But Joel also deserves to like get picked up when he's down, like Trey does. Like I don't think Joel, outside of the annoying tweets, has been like disrespectful to the fan base or shown an extreme lack of effort or anything like that. Like I do believe Joel wants to succeed in his sport just as much, if not more, than than Trey Turner. So if if the if the argument for the ovation is he's trying hard, he needs like a hug, like all those things, I think Joel probably needs it too. Joel just had the worst playoff loss of his life in some ways being this close to being out of the first uh out of the second round and not getting it like if anyone needs an emotional pick-me-up right now and if the argument is the fans benefit from it like joel could certainly use one too yeah i just think 
you're you're just not going to get that. No, hundred percent. Right? Like yeah, yeah. And I do think there have been there have been effort issues at times throughout his career. I think that was more the first couple of years, and I don't think that's unique to him as a big man. I think if you go back and look at most of the great big men in history, motivation ends up being a pretty central part of the story of like how good mm-hmm. they are or are not. Like Shaq is probably the perfect example, right? One of the most dominant players ever, if not the most dominant when he's at his absolute best, but all kinds of concerns at basically all times, whether he's going to be healthy during a season, whether he like gives a shit at a current time, there were times when he was in LA where instead of getting an off season surgery, he waited until basically yeah. training camp to have procedures done. And was like, well, who cares? The, like the regular season doesn't really matter. And maybe Sixers fans would like Joel to take that approach. If that's, uh, yeah. if that gets to the playoff results that they got, but the other side of it is also that Shaq had Kobe to pick him up when he played poorly or had an issue or, teams figured out they had to hack him constantly. Like one of the things that I remember from the 01 finals is that Shaq fouled out of one of those games in Philly. And that was like, oh man, the Sixers can go up in this series or like make this a real series. And then Kobe plays well down the stretch. Robert Ory hits a big three and Lakers take control of the series back. And so he did get that to, I would say to a pretty great extent in the Celtics series with, Harden picking him up in that game one that he didn't play in. And then he plays poorly in another game and Harden has an ins- another insane 40 plus point game. It's a, a game winner in overtime. And that's just a, that was a carry job. That's what he has mm-hmm. needed or asked for or wanted over these last few seasons. And so I think the reply from fans and people who are saying, we're not going to give you Trey Turner type treatment is that, he now has what he is needed and what if he is MVP level Embiid, then he ha- has had the things that he needs to compete for a title and to potentially win a title. And it's him falling short. That's yeah. the problem. And I think that's why you're not going to see him get much of a, uh, a pickup from the crowd anytime soon. No, I mean, at this point, I think they might be booed opening night. You know, they have a lot of time between now and then to win back the graces of the fan. I mean, this is the closest I've ever seen another athlete be treated like the quarterback of the Eagles, just with like all the spotlight right on them, all the responsibility right on them, all the wins, losses directly tied right to them. And in some ways it's fair. Like Joel has, besides Jalen Hurts, the most impact on his team winning probably than any other player in the sport, right? I mean, baseball, the reality of the sport is Trey Turner doesn't impact it as much as Joel does. So I understand the, uh, the the frustration and the focus directly on Joel, even if much like games where if the Eagles lose, look, look at the Super Bowl, 38-35 or whatever. Like Jalen played great, had a lot of great things. Defense wasn't great, but Joel, I mean, Joel, but Jalen has the fumble. So I think Joel is just living in a world now where he is gonna have that spotlight on him hardcore.